You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Wealth Training. Chris Evans here, Taylor Welch here. We are excited. We've been gone for a bit and haven't done a training in a while. We miss all of you lovely people. I think this is going to be a very, very important training. And our goal here is to give you guys an immense amount of value. Um, these are foundational things that have drastically reshaped our future as people, you know, for our families and for our company and, or companies and, and where we're going. So if you take these, these things that we're going to talk about today, I would highly recommend that you go through and re-soak this training in multiple times so it can really be ingrained to who you are as a person. And I, again, I really believe that it can kind of alter your future in a very positive way. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over here to my, my colleague, my comrade. Excellent intro, Chris. Thank you. I love how passionate you are. I love your new glasses. People come to us all the time. They're like, yeah, I want to be wealthy. I want to be wealthy like you guys. I want to not struggle to get clients. Okay, that's not the definition of wealth. All right, 20K a month is not the definition of wealth. I know that everyone has this like, well, man, you know, like wealth is whatever you make it. And if you're happy, you're wealthy. Bullshit. All right, that's not necessarily true. We want to agree upon what the version of success, what the version of wealth, what the version of riches looks like. Okay, so you want to take us through these or do you want me to? I think you should. All right. Number one, numero uno, first definition of having wealth is you have assets that are working for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Again, this isn't us teaching. This is me telling you, here's the definition of wealth that we're going to go on to do the rest of the training today. If you have assets working for you, you can control what you do with your time. That's one of the prerequisites of the wealth we're talking about. Number two, you no longer work to fund your mission. We're going to talk about mission a little bit today too, because one of the worst things you can do if you want to become a wealthy person is to have no purpose. All right. So number one, you got assets working for you. Number two, you no longer work to fund your mission. Number three is you own your time and you work for the love of the game. Not because you have to, but because you love the game. All right. Those three things. Pretty simple, huh? Yeah. Hey, I'd also like to hear from you guys. For you, what's one word? that you feel would describe wealth in, from your viewpoint, from your standpoint? Give me one word that describes wealth to you. All right, Steven said choice, freedom, joy, freedom, freedom plus abundance, more freedom. Go ahead, keep them rolling. Freedom. So a lot of people are saying freedom, freedom and choice. Craig says giving. Thomas, Tom says contentment. I love all these. Choice is a good one. Todd says giving, abundance. Joe says assets. Awesome. So the majority of people are saying freedom. Matt says <laughs> Porsche 911. Yeah, boy. That's my kind of that's my kind of answer. Kristen says options. Awesome. You know, it's amazing, Taylor, how many people with all these answers to this question, how many people in the world, and, and probably even listening to this, 
how this is like such a distant thing to achieve. So many of you probably feel like this is, is not in your grasp. Like you see a lot of other people having this, these things, whether it's freedom, whether it's supports, 9-11 G, T3, whether it's giving, whether it's contentment, whatever it is for you, we want to basically draw the path, the roadmap for you today to get what you feel is wealth. Now, we're kind of all on the same page, I believe, with what it is. One thing that is extremely, extremely important, we don't have a lot of time to talk about this today, but it has to do with your relationship and your viewpoint with money. It all starts there. Most of us growing up, even in the, in the Western world, even in America, we have a very unhealthy viewpoint and relationship with money and how we feel about money and what money actually is. And until you start to alter that, until you, you, you start to rewire your brain about money, it's going to be very, very hard for you to do the necessary things to get to the end result, right? And actually obtaining that wealth for you in your life. For me, a big part of it is freedom. I want to be able to do whatever I want, when I want, right? And this is the first step that we had to take is to change our viewpoint about money and realize that money really is everywhere. Money is not scarce. It's all around us. There's an abundance of it everywhere. Opportunity is everywhere. But the thing that's going to stop you from getting there is how you feel about it, what you think about it, and it not having control over you. Yeah. These are really, yeah. really uh, high-level things that, you know, once we started kind of changing our, our perspective and our viewpoint, really altered how we felt about it and then the actions that we took to get to where <clears throat> we are today. Yeah. Toast me goats. Let's go ahead and dive into it. I think people are ready to go in talking about these four main criteria for building wealth. So we're going to talk about four things today, unless you wanted to keep going, Chris. No, yeah. let's go. I mean, it was definitely good. I didn't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Typical. I need to work it out. Four areas. Create, collect, retain, compound. These are the four areas that we have learned over the last couple of years about creating wealth. And you may look, maybe this is the first thing you've ever watched from us and we don't do a good job, I don't think, talking about this. But, you know, four years ago, we were freelancers. We did live month to month. We were on paycheck to paycheck, so to speak, although we were affluent in paycheck to paycheck. Our paychecks were big. We still lived month to month. Would you agree, Chris? Yep. And so one of the first things we had to learn and uh, actually got called out on as we started working with mentors and people ahead of us was stop studying marketing for a second and learn business, learn business, learn finance, learn economics, learn cash flow. And if you look at the history of traffic and funnels and uh, even sales mentor and some of our other companies that some of them are new. One of the biggest advantages we have is not only are we great marketers, but we understand how to engineer cash flow out of thin air. We understand mm-hmm. how to actually stockpile and retain cash. And so I think these are really the four big categories that you have when it comes to building an empire. Remember we're talking about having assets to work for you. One day in the future, you're going to want to be able to earn three, four, five, 10X what you're earning now without having to work for it. Formula that you need to follow. And the first is this idea of create, create, create. So we have some points here. Chris, we can just kind of tag team this if you're cool with that. But one of the things that is unique about us and how we teach clients and how we teach economics and 
the way you think is you create money before you collect money. Like a seed that is planted in a field, you have to plant it first before you can actually harvest it. And the way you do this is you become a person of value. Mm. You become mm. a, a person of value. It is thievery to try to create money without first creating value. So you could even literally write this down. Some of you could just hang it up in your bathroom so you can stop going crazy. You don't like the money you're making. Well, you're probably not valuable. Or if the value that you are producing, maybe the value that you think the market wants isn't the value that you're providing. Step one, numero uno, is you have to become a person of value. You have to become a person who solves problems, right? Anything to add to that? Yeah, I think the other part of that is discerning value and understanding what value is in relation to the marketplace. And even in everyday life, your family, your spouse, your kids, it all starts at the place of investment. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about financial investment. I'm talking about first time investment, thinking investment. You actually diving in and looking at, you know, what do I need to do to myself? What do I need to do to invest into myself? And actually uh, spending time on yourself, investing in yourself to understand where you might be deficient, right? Internally as a person, what, what are the missing pieces that you have? And understand you know, what you need to work on to increase the value that you have to offer to the world, right? And there might be, there might be tactical things to that. There might be strategic things to that. You might have a tremendous amount of value right now to offer the world, but because you have some internal things going on, you drastically undervalue yourself and the value that you have to offer to the world. You don't know how to piece it together. You don't know how to, how to place it together, maybe because you haven't invested on the tactical side, on the marketing side, or maybe you haven't invested the time to look at the market and how the value that you have to offer the market compares. That makes sense? Yes. 100%. 100%, which begs the question, some of you are undoubtedly on this training, you're like, well, I am valuable. And uh, you could even be working at a job right now and be like, I'm, va- I'm more valuable than $40,000 a year. Well, at the end of the day, if that's true, then the agreements that people have, we're going to talk about agreements, we can go really deep. People don't agree on your value. It's being, this is harsh. This is hard yeah. to hear. Like if, if people don't agree about the value that you believe you have, then you have a collection mm-hmm. problem. And so that's kind of the next thing we can get to. But I'll tell you, number one, the fastest way that you can get to a place of prominence, a place of affluence in whatever it is that you're doing is one, look for problems all the time. Try to find problems. Where are people hurting? Where are people struggling? What's getting in the way of somebody getting what they want? And then number two, create solutions. And so the richest, wealthiest entrepreneurs that you'll ever find anywhere, all they do is solve problems. Yeah. That they're like, masterful at isolating and finding problems that people don't even sometimes know how big of a problem it is. You look at Uber, you look at Airbnb, and it's like, these are problems with the way that things are that people don't even recognize how big of a problem they are, but the solution is so great that it actually exposes the problem, right? (laughs) Yeah. Can I add something to this? Oh, heck yeah, bro. You ready for this? So I I think in regards to the long-term and longevity and not just being a flash in the, the pan or a shooting star, the way I view this is being static versus dynamic. It is being a ripoff artist or a funnel hacker compared to an innovator, a creator, someone who can dynamically 
resolve issues, right? Because economies change, there's variables, things happen, Facebook costs rise. What are you going to do to innovate around those problems and deal with those problems, right? You can't do that just by being a copy artist, a copycat, a hacker, right? You have to be able to create, innovate, and deal with the problem head on. And if you get this first principle, then no matter what the problem is in the future, whether it's rising costs on ads or Facebook shuts you down, or you have to figure out direct mail, or you have to launch a new offer, whatever it might be, you can adapt dynamically to the changes and the problems that you face in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually speaks to like, if you're new to this style of teaching, like we're teaching you the model, which is adaptable to any type of economy. Like it'd be really easy for us to get on here and be like, here's how you run SEO. Here's how you like build funnels. But at at the end of the day, like that's not a dependable way to wealth. That's going to get you some money and then everything changes and you can't adapt. So you ready to move on to the next step? Collection. By the way, what we've noticed is that this is probably around a five-year process. Okay. So everyone who's like, yeah, I want to get to like zero to like major wealthy in three weeks, like bye-bye. Doesn't, you're never going to do that because first there's building, we're going to talk about the steps later, but first there's building uh, and creating the value. Then there's cashing in on that value. Then there's retaining the money. Then there's licensing and leveraging assets to pay you more money, which is under the compound. So there's, we're about three and a, three, three and a half years into traffic and funnels, which is one of our businesses. And dude, we're just now at the place where it's like, man, we have really, really healthy assets, really healthy reserves. And we're starting to put money into all different things so it can compound, which is the fourth thing. But let's talk about collections. Cool. Not collections. Not collections in terms of like, man, here's how you get. Credit card company calling you saying, hey, where's our money at? So if you know that you're going to plant a seed and you're going to harvest it, Here's the thing that, that I want you to get is the, the mental picture is there's a value account and the process of, of, of extracting that value, exchanging it into money, moolah, cheddar. This is what we want to talk about. All right. So the way you collect money, because it, it sounds really cool to be a person of value. It sounds really cool. Like I'm going to be valuable, but there are a lot of valuable broke people. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's a skill set learning how to convert that stored up value into cash, into money. All right. So do we want to talk about the history here? Or do you want to just dive right into some, some of the nuts and bolts? Yeah, I think hit that real quick. So one of the interesting things that I've learned in my studies abroad. <laughs> my years at Oxford University. My years at Oxford when I was training some of the smartest physicists around. No, but I started really becoming obsessed with money about what would say eight months, 12 months ago. And by obsessed with money, I was like, I want to learn where it came from. I want to know currency. I want to understand economics. Like I'm starting, I started getting into studying guys like Dalio and Carl Icahn and some of the richest, wealthiest people in history. And uh, it led me to studying about the federal reserve, which is the United States, how we took the dollar off of the gold standard. All right. So stay with me. That's Back true. Day, it's true. So a thousand, confirm years, that. a thousand years ago, uh, Hey Chris, that's a nice, it's a really nice donkey you have there. And I have four chickens that I would like to trade you for that donkey. Do we have a deal? No deal. <laughs> no deal. <laughs> I'm a hard Chris negotiator. Wants, Chris wants six chickens. 
this is how it works. Y'all, this is how it works. We, we were in a bartering type of uh, environment where you could literally trade one thing for another thing. And it was a one-to-one trade. And then humans got smarter and they realized that we could have basically fiat type of uh, exchanges where maybe instead of four donkeys, you're going to give me three gold coins. And we agreed that three gold coins could buy those donkeys. Basically, what happened is the Federal Reserve took the dollar off of the gold standard, which means we are now two removed from the donkey. <laughs> We're two removed from the barter. So back in the day, you trade a chicken for a donkey. Then we decided that one gold coin could buy a chicken and a donkey. So we could just trade the gold coin for the donkey. And now we're trading a piece of paper that has the agreement of X ounces of gold that you can buy a donkey with. We're too removed from reality. And what this means for us today is that money fundamentally changes hands, not based on what that money is actually worth, but based on the agreements of what we think that money can do. Here we go. Here we go. So if, Chris wants to charge me $12,000. I have to have an agreement that the $12,000 in paper money is going to get me X, Y, and Z. This is why marketing is so important. People are like, well, yeah, why don't you put money in real estate? Why don't you put, well, just listen, because there is only one way to change, dare I say, manipulate the agreements that people have with money, and it is marketing. Mm. You can have two people with the exact same value exact same value. They both got two chickens, but the agreements that they can create with the people around them are different because of how they position, how they sell. And ultimately the agreements that they make with people dictates the amount of money they get for the same value. All right. I'm going to pause, just make sure people aren't having aneurysms right now. Collecting money, collecting money is about effectively showing someone why the cost of keeping that money is greater than the cost of giving that money to you. Say that one more time. All right. So you got value in an account. You've delivered up some value. You've take, you've put together a great webinar. You've put together some amazing training for someone. And now you're wanting to go and you're wanting to cash in on that value account and actually get money in exchange for what you're going to do for someone. The process of collecting this money is about showing someone that the cost of keeping that money, that paper, the cost of keeping it is higher than the cost of giving it to you in exchange for what you're going to provide for them. That was good. You want to talk about this? I'll just keep going. I'll just steamroll everyone. Yeah. Well, this is a, a, a piece that I think so many people miss, especially experts, consultants, coaches, agency owners, a lot of people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. They don't understand. Like money is not the important thing. It's all about the position. It's all about the end of the road, the result, the finish line, right? Again, when you, here's the, here's the deal. What you guys don't understand, we deal with sales so much. Obviously we had to go through that journey ourselves, but what you don't understand is a lot of the issues that you probably have with sales is a projection of yourself and your internal issues and BS and philosophies that are unhealthy projecting onto your prospects, right? When you are holding tight to money like this and you think that money is scarce and you, you think that that money is not easily accessible, 
and you think that your value is, is very little, guess what's going to happen? There is no doubt that you are projecting that onto your prospects, whether that's on a call or face-to-face meeting or webinar or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get this mental internal stuff out, changed, rewired, so that you can project that confidence, so you can project that your value is the best value that they could ever be involved with, that your offer is the best on the market, in the world, in the universe, hands down. Nobody can shake your confidence about it. And when you have that conviction and that confidence about your value, your worth to the world, to your prospects, money is not an issue. Does that make sense? Yeah, dude. So check this out, bro. This is the coolest drawing I've ever made. So let's say this is the let's say this is the cost and this is the potential or what you're going to deliver. You have to learn how to isolate this, this little box right here and show them how much value is locked up in this potential. That's what marketing is. If you figure out how to do this, then you're able to take value and convert it into cash. One thing I wrote here is just the greater the pain, the easier it's going to be to collect. This is why pain-based marketing got so big, so fast. Everyone talks about pain-based marketing, pain-based marketing. Well, it's because if you literally walk in with like a bone sticking out of your arm, there's zero chance that you're not going to pay that doctor like whatever you need to to fix it because the pain is great. So pain threshold is another topic that we can get into. But let's say that, you know, Chris, you, you turned down my offer. You don't want to give me the donkey for the four chickens. But let's say that you really need eggs and your wife is going to leave you tomorrow if you don't figure out how to get these eggs. Man, you're going to train. I could, you could train me the donkey for one chicken. See what I mean? Yeah. That was a great analogy, wasn't it? That was, uh, that was a little blow, man. All right. Retention. You got really passionate about this earlier. You want to hit it or you want me to hit it? Yeah, can we just, we'll just summarize real quick. So the first step is creating, the ability to create. By being a producer, by being valuable. By being a producer, which means you actually have to get on the field of play, friends. You can't just be creeping on Facebook and just reading comments like a little perv, like some of you are right now, not saying anything. You actually have to get on the field of play. Sorry, that was passive aggressive. Apologize, I'm trying to work on that. Very passive aggressive. (laughs) No, but so many people, time just passes them by because of their fear, whatever past failures, whatever past things people have said to them. They're afraid to get on the field. They're afraid to get on the court because they might shoot a brick, right? But you got to do it. You got to get out there, create, innovate, produce, and you will fall on your face. And that's okay. That's part of the, the journey, right? Second step is to harvest based on that time that you've spent planting. And all that investment you harvest, you collect, you understand your value and how to present that value to the marketplace, right? Third part. That was good. That was actually a really good recap. I think that was helpful for people. Third part is retention. How many of you know somebody who has made a lot of money, then they're back to broke? I do. I know some people who have been like that. The thing about it, and you hear, you hear people turn this into marketing slogans where it's like, it's not about how much you make, it's how much you keep. Mm. People talk about that, different things. But what's funny about that is if you don't make anything, you can't keep anything, you jackass. All right. So you have to know how to make it. But here's the thing. Retention is really, really powerful. It's really important. And, uh, you know, we just brought in a new COO a few months ago. 
one of the things he said, he's like, I just have, I've never seen a company so young have so much cash. Our ability to retain this, what's coming into the business and actually harness it and reuse it. There's a lot of H words, harvest, harness, hell, howdy, habitat. <laughs> Retention is m- mighty important. All right. So people who make a lot of money lose a lot of money. They, they just don't understand this. So three rules for retention. Respect. Respecting money as a tool and nothing more. So here's the deal, man. This is this is just the this summarizes everything in this bullet point. We know that paper isn't really backed by anything. All right, money is based on agreements. When is the last time you have not been able to sleep at night because you're worried that the printer ran out of paper and you're gonna have to figure out a way to get it tomorrow? Hmm. Probably never. Probably never. Hopefully never. If that's happened to you. Call our support line so we can connect you with someone who can help you, especially <laughs> who can work with you on your thinking. But here's the thing. People get so wrapped up into this emotional game with money. And it's like money is the solution to all their problems. And they're not sleeping at night because of money. And they can't figure out how to make money. And so they're making such a big deal. And it's like money's paper. The agreements you have with money are false. And you have to be able to look at money mm-hmm. as just a tool, as just a tool. Because at the end of the day, it's like, look, uh, I'm not going to hoard and stockpile printing paper because there's more paper somewhere else. I can just go get it. It's not a big deal. As much as you can de-escalate the emotions involved in money, the healthier you're going to be with money. Ooh. Yeah, this is good. The thing is people think that they don't have to respect money. Money does not give a crap about you. Money does not respect you. Money does not care about your vision, your future, your dreams, your past, or your future, right? But when you understand how to channel it, you understand the importance of respecting it, not idolizing it. Hey, we're not guys who are just like money, 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 you know, like just money grubbers. This is not talking about greed. This is talking about the importance and the power of channeling this as a tool. And when you get to a certain place, like you think that money is going to like make you happy. You think that you're going to be fulfilled just from stacking up your bank account? It is not the case. Yeah, it's true. I personally had some low points having a bunch of money in my bank account. It is Same. not the source of joy, my friends. Same. Same. But I do love having money because I love having the tools to be able to do good and to control what I can control. Yep. This is interesting because me and you have totally different views even on what money does for us. You look at Chris and he's like got most of his money stockpiled in a garden in a little Don't tell him, bro. Treasure chest out back. I'm going to have people in my yard tomorrow. No, nah, but it it you know what makes you tick and I know it makes me tick. And uh there's probably a lot of discussion we could have about this if people wanted. But yeah, number 1, tools money is a tool. If you're going to hang on to money, you're going to have to kill your emotional obsession with it and view it as a tool. Yeah. All right. So you got any, look at any other tool in your life. How do you treat it? You know, you wouldn't necessarily abuse your car and like throw it off of a bridge. So you don't want to abuse money, but at the same time, like hopefully you're not like, you know, having weird 
dreams about your car and like getting all emotionally attached to it and things like that. You see what I'm saying? It's a tool. Keep it there. Anything else to add here? I, mean, I feel like you get emotionally attached to your car, but <laughs> I've never gotten emotionally attached to my car. Literally. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Number two. No, it's, oh, it's just, no, 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 no. Uh, you want to, you do want to say something. Yeah. When you do get emotionally attached to it, it's unhealthy. And you make really, really bad decisions, stupid decisions. Either you're scared to make go all in or do something that you should. Maybe it's investing into yourself, um, investing into your business, or you spend money the wrong way, you know, and you lose money at a wrong time, bad time. You're not in a, a position of strength, right? So be unemotional. It's like if you've ever invested in the market, stock market, you can't invest emotionally and expect that you're going to win like it's the likelihood of that's very very small because you're going to make emotional decisions which are going to be rash decisions